0: Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you are being and who you become, and it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. Each week, your host, Dave Jorna, will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you to do life even better. Thanks for joining us today. Now, let's get started.
1: Hello everybody and I'm so grateful that you're joining me again today and of course I hope you are doing all that you can to create a great day for you and for those around you. Now today's shout out goes to, I'm actually not quite sure how to pronounce this one so I'm going to have to spell it out because I've got no idea, it's ydt 4 Semicolon exclamation mark. Um this one says be great. Uh great topics and inspirational advice on life. Keep up the good work. So thank you very much to YDT for semicolon exclamation mark. Thank you very much. Now uh if you would like a shout out, if you'd like to be the fan of the week on the Do Life Better podcast, please do leave us a rating uh and a review and we'll be sure to read it out. Now, when was the last time you woke up feeling refreshed, excited, and ready to go for the day ahead? If you're anything like me, then even despite your best intentions, this doesn't happen anywhere near enough. When you wake up feeling tired, fuzzy, and unmotivated, your whole day seems harder. You're less patient. You're crankier. You're more stressed. You make worse decisions. You kind of feel like you're wading through mud all day. But there is good news. There are things you can do to help you get an even better sleep so that you can wake up feeling at your very best each morning. And before speaking with today's guests, you know, I thought that the key to a good night's sleep was all about the last one to two hours before bedtime. Um, However, as you will shortly hear, the bedtime routine only counts for about 10% of a good night's sleep. That's right. Only 10%. The rest of the 90 is things that you do during the day and you'll hear about that very shortly now after having her own battles with insomnia and being dissatisfied with the treatments that were suggested to her alina decided to dedicate her life to curing her sleep and ultimately her life she is a world-renowned expert and has shared her wisdom on many talk shows and major magazines So I hope you enjoy today's chat with the sleep expert, Alina Winnell. Hi Alina, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Oh, my pleasure Dave, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you and I've been looking forward to our chat today because sleep is one thing I do try to focus on a lot and try to get a lot of good sleep because I do know how some of the ways it can benefit us and I'm really keen to hear of even more ways from you shortly and I must admit though, the other night I was... It was one of those nights where I was working really hard on a task. I was trying to finish it off before I went to bed, but I was having all sorts of computer troubles. It wouldn't let me finish it. I ended up having to give up on it at about midnight. Mm. So I went to bed really stressed, knowing that that task hadn't been finished yet. I was going to have to get up at 5.30 the next morning um, to lead an entire day's program. And normally I like to be well rested for that. Luckily, I think it turned out okay, but it could have been even better, I believe, if I had a had a proper night's sleep but it reminds me that a lot of prominent world leaders and entrepreneurs talk about and even i suppose even boast about the fact that they get by on four hours sleep can we can we really do that or is that a bit of a myth Like, um being the sleep expert yourself what do you think
2: I mean, we can get by on four hours of sleep a day, sure, and we can get by on an unhealthy diet and, you know, we can get by without exercising, sure, (laughs) in the short term. But, of course, longer term, something like that does have an impact, um, regardless of what some of the the hype out there says. um, Sleep is absolutely fundamental to uh, our body, our mind, and our emotions' ability to restore, heal, and regenerate. So okay. it's a bit of a myth that we can get by on four hours in the longer term uh, and the studies have shown it's detrimental to to so many different areas of our of our health, which I'm happy to elaborate on if you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, firstly, that makes some sense because when I was in my younger days, um, I used to share a house with two mates and we'd be up playing table tennis till like two o'clock in the morning, Yeah. most nights of the week, and then get up and go to work the very next day and Come to think of it, we probably did survive off only four hours sleep. And thinking back now, I thought that was just normal. That's just how I felt. But that was probably when I was the most unhealthy, um, where my mindset wasn't the greatest as well. And, and fixing up my sleep, I think you know, stopping that table tennis and that type of thing did really help. But talking about the, um, the downsides of not enough sleep, how does it affect us?
2: Yeah, it, it affects pretty much every different aspect of our being. So. Um, yeah. You know, you talked about, for example, the projects you were working on and you had to get up at 5.30. I'd be curious to know how you felt in terms of your mental clarity because that's definitely one thing it affects is, you know, how sharp we are mentally the next day Um, and also our ability to remember and recall information. So our memory, that kind of thing. So it, it really affects our, our mental, yep, mental yep. capacity. You, the, our brain kind mm-hmm. of like gets cleaned out at nighttime, so to speak. It's kind of that, you know, like a pro, that process. Um, so we're a lot clearer um, and have better recollection the next day.
1: Um, but, that does make sense because <laughs> I'm suppose quite lucky in that my, my the day-long presentation, I've been doing them day in, day out for a couple of weeks now and I've been doing it for like 10 years. Um, overall but so I can kind of just press play on my internal tape and the words come out but what I do notice I do have to think harder about it but what I do notice is I start to forget little bits and pieces and remembering names is incredibly difficult for me on those days when I don't get enough sleep yeah exactly so what you're saying about memory that's that makes sense
2: yeah so and and you probably also notice how much it affects mood as well and this is a huge yep. area today um you know with with sort of the rise of Um, the level of anxiety and depression that's out there in society. So um, if we don't get much sleep, it really impacts the amount of the feel-good hormones that are released because a lot of them are produced and released into our body during our sleep. So, what And if people get used to not having as much sleep, they don't even realise that not getting as much sleep impacts how good they feel. Um, That's a big one. And then that has a flow-through effect to obviously relationships and how we get
1: on with people. So in terms of our friends and family, the way that we interact with them, not having a nice sleep, how does it affect those relationships? Yeah, well,
2: people who don't sleep as well, and they will confess to this, are that they feel grumpier, uh, they're, they're a lot less tolerant, so they'll snap at people more easily. Um, they find it harder to connect with other people because, if, you know, if you're sort of not feeling as good, you're less tolerant and so you're more likely to get into an argument or um, yeah, and just not get mm. on as well with people, so it has a, a really big impact on relationships and also, um, just the energy to be with other people. Um, so it affects our energy levels as well, which affects our relationships,
1: I suppose. Yeah, if we're really tired, we don't want to go out, we don't want to go spend time with people, so exactly. it, it does have that impact on relationships, absolutely, yeah. and okay. the
2: quality of them. Yeah, and then there's our, our health that it affects because, uh, when we sleep, it's the time that our body heals, regenerates, rejuvenates. So all of our organs repair and heal, you know, overnight. Um, it's the time that we release human growth hormone into the body. So if we're not getting enough deep sleep, then um, we don't get as much of that hormone in order to heal and regenerate the body. So it's, they say that, you know, sleep is the foundation of, of, of staying young or the, the way that we stay young. Uh, and so, it, and it's because of the healing uh, quality of sleep. So our health, you know, how much we can build up our muscles, all of that kind of thing, is is very much impacted by our sleep.
1: And what about the mental health side of things? How is that affected by not enough sleep?
2: Yeah. So I mentioned before about when you're asleep, you produce and release different hormones that help you to feel good. So this, if people aren't sleeping enough, this vicious cycle can start where. If someone's already got a bit of a, um, a predisposition towards anxiety or depression then and they're not getting enough sleep, what happens when we sleep? Not only do we produce feel-good hormones, we also reduce the level of our stress hormones. So you can imagine if you're not sleeping enough, your stress hormone levels are rising and they're staying higher because we oh. go into survival mode. It's like... um. Uh, if we're not sleeping a lot um, we're sending a signal to our body that we are under threat because that you only don't sleep enough if you're um, you know well the body interprets it as you're in a war zone or you know some kind of threat so if we're not sleeping enough our stress hormone levels rise um, and the feel-good levels of hormones come down so what this means that If someone's already got a predisposition for anxiety, it will be even more severe. If they've got a predisposition for depression, it will be even more severe. So it really um, exaggerates these um, mental um, health areas uh, and makes
1: them a lot more challenging for people to to resolve. So is it pretty much just the opposite then? So if we do have a good night's sleep... Is it pretty much just the opposite of those bad outcomes? Our mental health is increased. Um, Relationships can be improved because we do show up better. We do want to have more time with people. We do move better. Uh, Physically, our muscles heal and grow better, that type of thing. Is it pretty much just turning the negatives into the positives? Yeah,
2: pretty much. Um, And one, I didn't mention the immune system either. So um, it has a big impact on our immune system. Obviously, we get sick a lot more when we're not uh, sleeping well. Our digestive system is affected. But yeah, so you're exactly right. When we are sleeping, uh, getting good quality sleep as well as a sufficient amount of time, uh, sleep, the, the benefits are pretty much the opposite. So, you know, when you've had a really good night's sleep, you jump out of bed in the morning, everything's easy. You, you know, it feels like there's no traffic on the roads. Uh, people are, it's like you get on easier with people, it's, everything is so much easier. Um, and so I just use that example it's bit to bring it back home to the, to our everyday lives. Um, just the difference we notice in every aspect of our life. If we wake up having had a good night's sleep, we can you can see it and feel it in pretty much every aspect of your life. Uh, the whole day is easier. Yeah.
1: And you suffered from um, severe insomnia, I believe. I- uh, years ago, which is what got you into this, is yeah, that right? I did. Really chronic, absolutely chronic insomnia. So, so you did experience firsthand <laughs> Experienced the difference? Firsthand.
2: Well, I felt like I was just, I, I didn't feel like myself when I was struggling with insomnia. I felt like a shell of a person, if that. Um, I can really relate to, to my clients because I know what they're going through. And, um, you know, one of the things that lack of sleep does is we're just not able to really fulfill our potential because we're not really... Um, making the most of ourselves. You know, we kind of feel like a half a person. Yeah, so definitely. I, I felt all of that when I was going through it. Um, and I have a lot of empathy for people that struggle with their sleep. And we have an epidemic of partial sleep deprivation today. Uh, we sleep two hours less than what we did 100 years ago, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and on top of that, we're sleeping more lightly. So um, we're not getting as much of that sort of deep. Uh, really good quality healing sleep that we need to really be in our maximum health.
1: So then what are some of those uh, impacting factors on our negative sleep? Losing two hours is, is huge. What's leading to that? What's decreasing the quality of sleep and our amount of sleep?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there are different theories on it. Uh, I'd say in terms of the amount of sleep, part of it is that we don't prioritize sleep like we used to. Uh, part of it is uh, the trends with, you know, electricity. So we've got lights and, you know, devices and all of that that kind of um, distract us uh, longer and we don't just go to bed when it gets dark. Um, but there's also another factor that's come into play which affects both the quality and quantity of sleep, which is um, our culture today is very much based on doing and achieving, um, you know, it's sort of a materialistic kind of culture. Uh, and the flow-on effect from that is that because people prioritise doing and achieving to such a degree, it basically flows through to an imbalance in the nervous system. So ground this for you. So say, for example, uh, a lot of people say to me, "Oh, look, I've got such a long to-do list." Um, and now that's mm. an example of how our culture is impacting our everyday lives. Yeah. And so stress levels are at an all-time high and when we've got a lot of stress and we don't prioritise relaxation and sleep, um, uh, it actually uh, affects our ability to be able to sleep well because basically our nervous system starts to come out of balance. Um, If we're focusing on doing and achieving constantly and not, it's like we're losing the skill and the art of relaxation. We're losing the skill and the art. We're also losing um, the prioritising of it and how to truly do it. Um, I'll often ask people, do you know how to truly relax? And they're like, well, I'm not sure, you know. Um, So we've mixed up this concept of taking time out uh, through our brains are still very active when we're flicking through all our different messages and so forth. We've mixed that up with, you know, true relaxation is um, basically there's a feeling of bliss inside the body when we are deeply relaxed because of the types of hormones that the body uh, releases. So when we, what we call the parasympathetic nervous system switches on, uh, mm-hmm. we start to feel really, you know, int- we start to feel quite blissful. Uh, so it's, a, it's, a diff- it's different to when we're flicking through Facebook and um, we may feel like it's time out, but it's like um, positive stress when we're doing that as opposed to actually relaxation. And the flow-through effect of all of these kinds of things in our culture has been that our nervous systems pretty much are out of balance. Most of the time people are m- more in their stress response than their relaxation response. Uh, and, oh, wow. Yeah, and so, basically, and so that means then we're kind of... Um, it's throwing people's nervous systems
1: out of balance and reducing our ability to sleep well. Okay, so then what can we do? How can we improve our relaxation and improve our quality of sleep? We'll return to my chat with Alina in a short moment. Before we do though, I'd like to give a quick message from our sponsor, which in fact is my company, Project Hatch. If you love the messages on the Do Life Better podcast and would like to share these more deeply with your team, company, or particularly with the students and teachers in your school, then we can help. Our highly interactive, engaging, and trusted programs will enable the individuals within your group to enhance their own well-being, mindsets, and leadership by gaining a greater understanding of themselves, others, their influence and legacy, And, in the appropriate settings, a deeper sense and understanding of their spirituality. Because I am so grateful that you listen to this podcast, I will give you 20% off your new booking with us. That's 20% off your new booking with us. All you need to do, please, is send us an email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. And mention that you listen to the Do Life Better podcast and then you can receive your 20% off your first booking with us. Again, if you'd like to share these messages more deeply with your group, team or school, then we can help. Just send us an email at hello at projecthatch.com.au and you you will receive 20% off your first booking with us. And secondly, to help keep this podcast going and to share with more people, I ask that you please do me one small favor. Please subscribe to this podcast in whichever platform you use to listen to it and leave a rating and a review. Leaving a rating and a review and subscribing makes a massive difference as it actually boosts up the ratings and it helps it get in front of more people just like you. So this small action will in fact mean the world of difference to me. So again, please do subscribe, leave a rating and a review. They'll be huge for me. So thank you for that. And now back to the chat with Alina. Okay, so then what can we do? How can we improve our relaxation and improve our quality of sleep?
2: Yeah, uh, there's so many different things we can do, but um, <laughs> yep. let's, let's start off with the basics. And um, so I would say having an awareness of, people are quite surprised when I say it's really important to, our daytime flows through to our nighttime. So what I mean by that is it's not just that hour before bed that determines your sleep, it's the whole day. So if during the day you're having thoughts around um, what might go wrong, you know, all the things you have to do on your to-do list, you know, all these sort of thoughts that build up the production of stress hormones in the body, then at night time it's going to be really hard to switch off because there's been a build up during the day. So it's not just that hour or two before bed, it's the entire day. Starting to become more conscious of, of the way that we think and how we're creating stress for ourselves is one important thing. And towards the end of the call, I'd like to encourage your listeners to um, take on a challenge of being aware of their thoughts. So I'll mention that again later. Excellent. And another thing we can do is to become more conscious of actually what's happening in our nervous system. So the way that we can do that is to become conscious of what's happening in our body. So in our body, and there's quite a disconnect from from our bodies these days. You know, when I say, how connected to your body are you? It's like, you know, how connected to your body do you feel? A lot of people don't know how to answer this question.
1: Yeah, that's a difficult one, isn't it? So
2: it's what I'm referring to is the level of presence or awareness you have in your body. And when you bring awareness and presence to your body, you'll start to notice how, for example, where you're breathing into. Are you breathing high, fast breaths into your upper chest? Um, which means that you're in a stress response um, or an anxious mm-hmm. response. Are you, are you, or the opposite end of that is that you're breathing nice, long, uh, deep, elongated breaths, which would mean that you're in your relaxation response. Most, when people check in and your, your listeners could check in now, you know, where are they breathing? In? I like am right like, now,
1: actually, as you talk, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a great thing to do right <laughs> yep. now because it's a little stress test you can do at home uh, or wherever you're yep. listening from. And um, so that's one way of becoming present in your body and really starting to connect in with what's happening in your nervous system. Um, so checking in on the breathing, checking in on your posture. So say, for example, a lot of people today are quite sort of hunched over, um, and I encourage your listeners now to check in what is your posture doing. And whilst part of this is due to the fact that we are working on computers a lot, it's, that's not the only thing going on. When we're in a stress response, we start to kind of curl over into that sort of more fetal position and start to protect the, the, the survival response to protect the, the vital organs of the body. Um, so that's the survival mode. So if your posture right now is a little bit sort of curved over, it's a sign that it could, you could be in a stress response. Um, so I encourage you to check in with your posture. As we relax, we open up and expand our posture. And you can also check in with your muscle tension. So what, you know, do you ask, are your muscles tense or are they relaxed? You know, um, and if you've got muscles that are quite tense, well, chances are you're in a bit of a stressed state. And the more aware we are of what's going on in our bodies, if it's in a stressed state or a relaxed state, um, then the more we're actually able to do something about it. So if we notice that we're in a stressed state, we can either, you know, change our our body to relax it, so slow our breathing down, open up our posture, um, uh, try to consciously relax our muscles. Or um, we can check in, you know, why why is this going on? What thought patterns am I running right now? What am I thinking about? And, yeah, and you can also get a bit of help to understand how your mind works. That often is helpful, especially for people um, who are getting anxiety and depression or, or have high levels of stress. So that just helps us to start to understand what's going on and those things that we do during the day will flow through and affect how well we sleep at night. Of course, it's also important to have a little wind-down routine. Probably not good to work till 12.30 at night (laughs) like you did. No.
1: (laughs) Don't want to do that again, Harry. That would be good.
2: Oh, dear. Um, you know, so yeah, and keep off the. I wouldn't. You know, it's hard to say to people today, keep off the devices, but um, you can certainly cut out blue light on the on your devices. So blue light blocks out. Uh, sorry, uh, blue light acts like it's like we're looking at the sun when we look at blue light on our devices, uh, and it stops the production of melatonin, the sleep hormone. So definitely um, if people don't already have it, definitely download apps um, to block out the blue light on your laptop, your phones, you know, your iPads, whatever, and tablets, whatever devices you have so that you're not um, stopping the production of melatonin in the evening, which you need to sleep.
1: Yeah, excellent. In fact, for my phone, um, anyone who uses the iPhones, it's probably just the, the, the um, latest update. For the um, there's a, a thing called Night Shift on the iPhone. So they finally got the whole screen goes orange. So you just go and you flick up to the Control Center, click on that light, and hold that down. and Then comes up with Night Shift, um, which I yeah. find helps a lot. And then for my Mac, I've also downloaded an app called uh, Flux. Yes. F. L U X. This will be in the show notes, but F dot L-U-X. And it does the same for my laptop. It makes it go all orangey and it's probably not perfect in terms of reducing or taking out all the blue light, but I think it certainly helps.
2: Yeah, uh, sure, it's not perfect, but it's it's a really good start. And you notice the difference once you get used to having that to going back to not having it on your screen, it's like, whoa. Um <laughs> oh, yes. but both of the the flux is definitely a good one. Um that you mentioned and is really helpful because, look, it's not realistic these days to say don't go on your devices, you know, once the sun goes down. Uh, It's just not how our lifestyle is these days. Um, So as long as people implement that step, that's definitely a step in the right direction.
1: Excellent. Thanks. So you were mentioning some of the sleep hygiene ideas, and there is a big movement about, as you said, the the night routine, that last hour, as in no devices, um, no caffeine after like 2 or 3 p.m., no alcohol for two hours before you go to sleep, that type of thing. But that's only, you're saying, 10% of of, of what creates a great night's sleep. And the other 90% is you know, what you're saying about relaxation, check it in with your breathing and your posture and, and, and check it on your thoughts as well. So that's really helpful. Thank you. Because before I first connected with you, I thought sleep hygiene that that last two hours or an hour was the most important, but um, that's been really helpful. Thank you.
2: This is something that's really not understood is that the, the key factor in determining a good night's sleep is having a well-balanced nervous system. So sleep hygiene. So mm-hmm. In case people don't know, sleep hygiene refers to the habits and um, the habits that we have around sleep that you just mentioned, um, and that only accounts for a very small proportion of, of the quality of our sleep. It's, it's these other factors yeah. that play a much bigger part. And unfortunately in the media they don't really talk about those other factors very much, so it's important that people do understand that there's more to it.
1: Yeah. So how much sleep do we need? So um, is it different for adults and young people or is it pretty much the same? How much sleep do we need yeah. on average to be fully functional? Yeah, it's
2: another myth that older people don't need as much sleep. It's just not true. It's part of the reason that older people actually age is because they're not getting as much sleep. Um, so basically, uh, we need more sleep up until the point that we finish growing. So, you, but you know, once the actual growth process is finished, um, we until then we need more sleep. But from then onwards, um, the guide is between around seven and a half to eight and a half hours sleep a night, regardless of your age. Um, so yeah, it's it's a myth that older people need less sleep. I think it might give older people a a sense of peace that, or they, you know, if they're told they don't need as much sleep, but it's not true. And it's part of what actually creates the aging process.
1: Okay, well, so seven and a half to eight and a half hours sleep. That'll be my aim for tonight. (laughs) I might even aim for eight and a half, I think. So I'm still making up from the other night. Actually, speaking of which, how, okay, so if you do get five hours sleep one night, how long does it take? If you get then eight hours sleep each night after that, how many nights of eight hours sleep would it take to make up from one bad night's sleep?
2: It's a little bit difficult to say. There's also myths around, you know, the whole um, sleep, uh, like sleep bank or whatever you want to call it where, you know, can you make up for it? Can you sleep extra to make up for, you know, a few nights where you know you're not going to get as much sleep? There's no rule around these things. The only thing is you can't make up for lost sleep. Like, um, you know, if you've had a couple of years of poor sleep, you can't catch up on that. But um yeah, look one night of, of less sleep. <laughs> uh from memory, I think the studies show that you can catch up within a, you know a couple of nights. Um uh yeah, okay. but but if it's a pattern, it's different. Yeah. If it's a one off, okay. But if it's if it's going on for a prolonged period of time, it's
1: a different case. Okay, so tomorrow morning I should be fine then. That, that's a couple of days, yeah, I should be right exactly. by tomorrow. <laughs> that's good. It is open. <laughs> um, so uh, are there any other myths that we haven't spoken about in terms of getting a good night's sleep? Oh,
2: yeah, sure. Uh, well, there's a myth around technology that technology is bad for sleep, um, and it's not completely true. So, for example, we've talked, we've talked about the blue light. So if you block out the blue light, you've eliminated one of the key factors. Um, but technology can actually help us with sleep. You know, so many great apps these days that, we, that you can listen to that have meditations on them or... Um, or music that helps to calm the mind. So not ramp it up, but calm it down. There's different, for, different forms of technology can actually help us to sleep. So that's one myth that's out there, that technology's you know, evil in relation to
1: sleep. Um, I've, got, I've yeah. got two young sons, age four and seven, and we absolutely rely on technology to get them to sleep. So my seven-year-old, we use um, a mindfulness app and he listens to that oh. before he goes to sleep. And then my other son, he's now trying, um, what's well, actually on a CD, another mindfulness one. And he listens to that before he goes to sleep. And before that, they used a uh, dinosaur's <laughs> It's some um, uh, meditative recordings on, on iTunes and so on. And they use that. And But we found now that because they're listening to something and it's calming and it's about breathing, we think that it must um, give them something to focus on, uh, slows their breathing down. And it just provides that comfort, I suppose. So, yeah, maybe technology isn't you know, the baddie after all. Maybe it can actually be quite helpful when, I suppose, when we use it quite well.
2: Exactly. It's how we use it really and what type, you know, what we're doing with it. So, you know, if you're on Facebook and, and, and sort of posting and all of that kind of thing just, you know, as you're in bed, that's not going to be a great uh, thing to do or if you're watching a horror movie or something like that. But if you're using technology to slow your brain down, slow your body down... Uh, and it can be really helpful.
1: I know this might actually lead into your challenge later on as well, but I, with the breathing, I've often wondered for myself, is it all about the breathing or is it partly also because my mind is focused Yeah, now?
2: exactly. It's both. So here you go. So that the, the reason the breathing is really helpful is one, it helps to calm the nervous system. So it'll take you more from the stress response, the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system, the relaxation response. Uh, so slowing down the breathing can help us do that. It distracts your mind because instead of having thoughts around your to-do list or, you know, what went wrong during the day or, you know, those kinds of thoughts, uh, you're thinking about your breathing instead. Um, And the other thing it does is gets us into our bodies. Now, when we're present in our body, our brainwaves start to slow down. And uh, something I haven't touched on yet, but being able to influence our brainwave state is something that can really help with sleep. So the more present we are with our bodies and feel into our bodies, it actually slows our brainwaves down. So they're three of the key reasons why um, breathing exercises do actually help with sleep. But it's also like we mentioned about listening to the breathing that works for you, because if it's uncomfortable, it's not going to do those things.
1: Thanks. So is there anything else that I haven't asked you yet?
2: I encourage people to work on their brainwave flexibility as well, which is around um, if you feel that you are able to get into a state where your brain feels like it's operating slower, then you know you've slowed your brainwaves down. Um, so meditation can do that. Um, uh, art can do that, getting, you know, doing painting or something creative that you love uh, or or something like surfing where, you, you know, you're really present in the moment. There's, so slowing the brainwaves down is also something that really helps people with sleep. So yeah, engaging in activities where you really lose track of space and time and you're just completely present and immersed with what's going on is another thing that can really help. Um, and also, yeah, just starting to observe. So people, it's really difficult to know what goes on in our minds uh, unless we're, we bring awareness to it um so also just starting to notice what, what what types of patterns that we have that um repeat so for example people with sleep difficulties one well, a very common pattern i notice is around catastrophizing people go to the worst case scenario and you can imagine mm. the stress hormones that that yes. produces in the body it's like Uh Uh-oh, what if I lose my job? What if I I can't pay my bills? What if I lose my partner? You know, all of these kinds of thoughts. um, And they produce a lot of stress hormones in the body, which then at night will impact someone's ability to sleep. Um, And especially if we have these thoughts at nighttime as well. So if people can actually start to observe any patterns that they can in the types of ways that they think, That also really helps. Um, Often you kind of need a bit of outside help for that, but it's really helpful to really start to understand how the mind works um, as well. How do you do stress? How do you do anxiety? How do you do depression? What are the patterns behind those? Yeah.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you thank you and uh there's already a number of different things i'm going to be trying myself um particularly checking in more regularly checking out, as in my breathing and my posture um being more mindful of my thoughts and the idea about going inside myself checking uh what do i feel what do i notice my breathing I definitely start mm-hmm. trying that one. Thank you. And uh, being the Do Life Better podcast, I think your messages today fit perfectly because I can already see myself how by getting a really good night's sleep, it absolutely does allow you to do life even better. Uh, and I'd love to, and this is something that I ask each guest uh, at the end of the podcast. I don't know if I gave you the heads up about this one. <laughs> um, sorry about that. But what um, the idea of Do Life Better, what does that mean for you?
2: To me, what that means, uh, or the way I interpret it, is to be more present uh, during the daytime hours of, of, of life. Uh, but, yeah, being more present, um, being able to just enjoy the flow of life, um, that's, that's how I would take it with my, you know, my interpretation.
1: Spot on. That's awesome. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, before the final question, uh, where could people get in contact with you? Uh, you are a, a sleep coach, a sleep expert. If someone wants to find out more about getting a better night's sleep and, and the impact they can have on them and, and, and you know, ask you for your advice and, and your coaching, how can they get in contact with you? Sure,
2: yeah. My website is thesleepexpert.com. Uh, so you can jump onto my website. I've got a free book there available uh, which has my top seven uh, secrets to a better night's sleep. Uh, so anyone, can mm, I did have a
1: read of that one. It is excellent. Thank you. Uh,
2: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can jump on there. Um, uh, the phone, you know, and you can contact me via email, Alina, E L I N A at the sleep com, Um, and the phone numbers on the website as well. So you can also, people can also call. There's a few different ways there. Thank you.
1: We'll have them in the show notes too. Great. And for our final question, um, again, we have the challenge for the week and we encourage our listeners to put a reminder that goes off in their phone or somewhere every morning um, to give them a challenge, something to focus on each day of the week to help them do their life even better. In terms of sleep habits and, and getting a better night's sleep, what would be your challenge for this week?
2: Yeah, so before, a bit earlier in the call, we talked a little bit about being aware of uh, what's going on in the body and also what's going on in the mind. there. They're not the only things that affect sleep. but They're two key things. So I um, would encourage a challenge around uh, being aware of what's going on in your body so that you can start to have a better understanding of what's going on in your nervous system. So checking in daily, and I would even suggest, you know, maybe five times a day, what's going on with my breathing, what's going on with my muscle tension, what's going on with my posture. And if you notice that you're in a stress response, then changing your physiology to um, open it up and be more uh, the physiology of, a, of the relaxation response. So checking in with your body several times a day. Um, and if I'm allowed to add a second uh, one into the challenge is to also <laughs> <laughs> also be, be aware of the, your thoughts, thought patterns, um, so let's just try and keep it a little bit simple. What what thoughts are you taking to bed with you? So when you're lying in bed, uh, what is occupying your mind? Are you writing tomorrow's to-do list? Are you thinking about what went wrong, you know, during the day or who might have judged you or those yeah. kinds of things? Or are you thinking pleasant thoughts? You know, when we, when we want to switch into the relaxation mode, uh, it's important to be thinking pleasant thoughts uh, if we're going to think. So um, yeah, so be aware of the thoughts you take to bed um, and also um, be aware of what's happening in your body every day. They would be my challenges.
1: Excellent. i would definitely be working on them myself this week, Alina. Thank you very much. And um, I do know that a lot of our listeners will benefit greatly uh, from your insights today. And even just, again, that reminder that um, you know four hours sleep a night isn't something to be boastful about it's it doesn't actually help and we can't get by on that we do need a good seven and a half to eight and a half hours sleep and and the tips and the strategies that you're given have been really really helpful so alina i really appreciate your time today thank you very much You're welcome. My pleasure, Dave. I hope it's helpful to you later. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave. So I hope this chat with Alina has given you a lot of excellent tools and tips to help you get an even more restless sleep so that you can wake up energized, focused, and ready for the day ahead. And please do remember her challenges, which there was two of them today. The first one is be aware of what's going on in your body. So check in five times a day to see what's happening with your breathing, muscle tension, and posture. And when needed, do something to change to be more open and more relaxed. And her second challenge, be aware of the thoughts you're taking to bed. Do you really need to be thinking about it right now or can they just wait till the morning? So for now, please remember to do me one small favour, subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and I can't wait to have you
0: join me again next time. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. You can find all our show notes at www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better. If you'd like to book Dave Joner to speak at your event, company or school, you can contact him at hello at projecthatch.com.au. You can contact us on Facebook at Project Hatch and on Instagram at Project underscore Hatch. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think would benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.